There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be so Sorry, go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. It is, uh, it is Playdio. It is going to start in a little bit. 7 o'clock this morning, we roll out. All the best local bands in, uh, in Phoenix. Oh, we didn't get it. Shut up. Not my band. We were 33rd, you dicks. Stupid cuck. Sorry if you didn't get into the top 31, whatever we ended up taking, but... I'm sorry. You just, were warned. You had you your stuff ready. Look, it was, yeah, you should have had it ready and go. And everybody, look, there were six, 60 bands tried to enter this thing. A record. It's never, and in three days, 60 bands had submitted, and we took the first 30 that came in. It's pretty amazing. So, uh, Palladio starts, as many uh, as many uh, people scream out, this garbage, we're just ripping on us. It just gets bigger and bigger every year because you finally get to hear your music on a radio station you hear what it sounds like you see if your production is any good you see if your band gets a response you want or if you guys are lying to yourselves and that's the fun of it all that is the fun of it all and it will start in one hour 12 minutes and 42 seconds i am excited about it very excited about it so we get that going uh other than Playdio, uh with thanksgiving upon us you know the, the families are all rolling into town and everybody's got the Leaving or coming or going. And then I looked at that picture of Buffalo. I got a friend in Rochester yesterday. Eight and one half feet of snow oh. in his uh, four-day run. He got, They're out and a little bit further out. Eight and a half feet of snow in this week. Someone said, like, it, did it go like three feet an hour at yeah, one time? Yeah, there was one point he said it was just, it, like it's a whiteout, which I, we, we don't realize that that's a real thing. So you look out the window, you can see about three feet. And then it's just a wall of white. There's so much heavy snow, sticky. Uh, when I when I used to visit my grandparents in uh, Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania, they would have uh, snow drifts hit the house in the front. These are old 1800s houses. It hit the front of the house at 18 feet. The wind would whip up all that snow. It snowed like two and a half feet, and then the wind would whip up all the snow up against your house to like 18 feet, and you'd have to open the windows and push it away, or it would seep through the house. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. They lived in the weirdest snow patch of all time. You you would walk around a corner and there was just snow up to the rooftops of these two-story old houses. We had to put those uh, kind of like spikes or the things on top of the Crazy. roof yeah. for the uh, sh- the uh, snow. Yeah, so it could fall off without heavily dropping it in. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy how uh, 
Yeah, how prepared they were, too. I mean, it didn't bother my grandpa, who was in his 70s and cancer-riddled, and go out and feed the cows in the morning and be walking. And those cows would stand on top of those snowdrifts. They'd be up in that second story. The, the cows would wander around, and the next thing uh, you know, you're looking out the window at cows' feet because it's like as high as the house. And like, that is the weirdest thing. They don't sink. They can walk on that. And I still don't understand how that is. Their hooves are... They displace the snow perfectly to where they can stand on giant 10, 12-foot drifts. So we don't have that. We're lucky, which is why people fly here. But if you're one of the morons that made plans to go back east for Thanksgiving and you live here, you're the dumbest person on the planet. If you can't talk, I really need to see my family. Let me tell you this. Your family doesn't want to see you that bad. If they're staying there and not coming here, you're the problem because nobody in their right mind wants to sit in that crap when this is available in November and there's a place that somebody has that can house them. It's dumb. Even if you live here by yourself and eight or nine family members live back there in Rochester or Buffalo or Olean or some dump in New York, uh, they should all be on a plane flying this direction. Nobody should be leaving here for the East. No, no. one. No one. Every year I get my cousins calling me up Christmas. Hey, you coming up for Christmas? I'm like, no. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm like, go look outside. That There you go. Done. You do a love it time. No. <laughs> Gross. Your house. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, why in the world would we do that? Yeah. I've never. I've, I've lost touch back with for most Christmas of Christmas a couple of yeah, times. You're dumb for doing that. That's just not smart. You know it's but dumb. But it's Columbus. It's, I know what it is. It's, it's a dump. mild. Ugh, it's dump. It's Ohio in the winter. It's wet. It's cold. It's gross. Uh, everybody's uh, like sad. It makes you appreciate and, this place more. And pink. Everyone's pink for like two months because they're all cold. Yeah, come back here. And if your family wants to be with you, they'll come here. This is the place that they, you'll find out whether they love you or not. Yep. Because if they don't come here, they don't love you. No, we'd rather sit in this swamp of ice and snow than ever visit you in that perfect climate. That's brutal. My, I've lost touch with most of my family back in Indiana because of that. Like they, there's like 20 of them and they're like, you should come out for Christmas. And I'm like, did you just hear yourself? Why would I do that? Well, to see the family. I don't love anybody that much to, to sit in somebody's guest room while it's 12 degrees and try to figure out what we're doing. No, Why don't you come out here. We have to cross state lines. <laughs> well, there's tons of that. That's a Some, Midwest thing. Yeah. Though. They're afraid. They don't want to leave. They're yeah. scared to death. My, my, yeah. My uncle that came out this summer drove all over the nation. He's never left. Uh, he, like, Maryville is basically the Mexican border to him. Maryville, Indiana. He's like, I don't go anywhere past those train tracks. And, my, and he doesn't. And he finally, you know, got free and broke out and drove all over and came out here. And he'll never leave again. Maryville. It. It's like us with Maryville. Not Maryville. It's like the Mexican yeah. border over there. Merrillville. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, Merrillville. <laughs> and it's similar in the fact that it starts to become kind of a city. And More like, smokestacks in Merrillville. Yeah, I don't need any of that. Oh, it's weird. You're right. It's a Midwest thing. They don't yeah. want to go anywhere. Well, let them stay. Let them sit in that mess. You know, live in the Blech. same neighborhoods, the same houses their entire yep. life. When they move, it's oh. two houses down. Oh, yeah. 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 We're moving. Oh, my God. Where? Right there. Right that house right there. You can see it from your other house. What's the point? We've always looked at that house and thought we wanted it. I'm like, man, that's dumb. Wait for them to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got plumbing inside and... Nice of floors. No outhouse. <laughs> yeah, we had dirt floors in this one. Yeah. It's weird. But enjoy the turkey holiday with everybody. And, and again, if you had relatives in Hawaii, leaving here would make sense. Yeah. Like I'm going to Hawaii for things. All right. I need seasons. I have to experience seasons. Well, the survey said uh, 70% of people say they look forward 
all year to spending the holidays with their loved ones. 67% say it's the highlight of the year. But out of those, 61% said they'd be willing to scrap their traditional plans in order to take a relaxing vacation. Right, to do something they really wanted to do, which is not hang out with the family. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving. And another Thanksgiving tradition, uh, the, the week that is usually on Thanksgiving week, is the Territorial Cup, the oldest trophy in all the college sports that everyone forgets about, uh, lives right here in Arizona. And the greatest story ever told of a trophy that was... 90 years old and missing for 87 of those years and still managed to be the oldest trophy in all of college football. It has to be the one that's been missing the longest. Oh, there's no question. It's the dumbest trophy in college football, the Territorial Cup. Missing for like almost 100 years, and they still said, well, it's out there somewhere. They found it in some guy's attic. And then they went right back like it never went away. I'm like, no, your story is you didn't, A, you didn't make a new one, which tells me it wasn't that big a deal when you lost it. <laughs> and then for 80 years, you talked about where it was and nobody knew. And they find it in an attic and then suddenly it's the oldest trophy. That's, of course it is. There's a lot of old things in people's attics that nobody cared about for eight decades. But they're going at it. And one tradition that I do like happened again this weekend. U of A, congratulations. This used to be a big deal. Brett, you remember growing up here. Yeah. U of A, ASU was the only thing in town. We had no football. We had no baseball. Basketball was fun. The Suns were, but they weren't the Suns yet. You know, after 76, there was the mess and then the, the drug thing. So the Suns were kind of a, they were part of it, but this was kind of a weird sports desert. And uh, ASU U of A was the biggest event of the year annually here. It was a huge event. And that probably stopped mid to early 90s when the Cardinals got here. The Suns got, you know, took the whole city. And And then Plummer came and then the Cardinals were around. uh, But once ASU left, or Plummer left ASU, it never really had that same cachet. It never really really did that. But uh, everything stopped when that was going on. It was weird. So one tradition that always happened was ASU students used to stand on A Mountain and guard it because U of A would come up and paint it blue and red. And the uh, the heart has been sucked out of the Territorial Cup. It's not a rivalry anybody cares about. The teams have been terrible for a while. Uh, last night, or the night before last, U of A students climbed that hill and painted that thing blue and red. And I'm goddamn proud of them. Well done. Giving props to Tucson, huh? Yeah, giving props Ooh. to the kids of Tucson. First off, they came up here and they were in a decent city for a little while. So I hope you liked what you saw because it's much better than where you are. And they painted it blue and red. Look, they went they up there it. in the afternoon, probably, and pop, people washed them. Hey, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Hey, I like what it's we're America. doing today. I like what we're doing today. Hey, it's real patriotic. <laughs> and nobody at ASU knew. They interviewed kids who said it's like, wow, geez, I just saw it and I couldn't believe it. Like you saw it. There used to be a lookout on that thing. You saw it turning blue and red. Yeah, we were watching from my patio. This guy's on the news. I watched it from my patio, and then I saw it. I'm like, I got in that thing. Hey, you, stop yeah, it. That's kind of what he said. He said, that was just not going to hold. So I went up there with some gold paint, and we fixed it. And they've already fixed it. But it, I remember Bruce Kelly, the morning show guy, used to broadcast from the A. You're not painting this thing. That's how – it was – like you know, yeah. Ohio State's the only game in town in Columbus, and even with hockey and stuff. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And there was, like, local radio stations fought to see who could be more part of this game. Now – what a joke. <laughs> you got ASU just got flattened by the Beavers. U of A is terrible. And they're going to, you know, have some sort of a meaningless, poorly attended mess this weekend. But, you know, one of the traditions came back, and I'm proud of it. 
Beautiful. Paint in the air. Good on you, Dan. Nice job. And kids we, nowadays don't want to get up and stay up there all night. Well, yeah. And, you well, know. it's hard and there's a lot of climbing. It's cold. My mom says I can't climb too much because I've got atrial fibrillation. I get bad heartbeats. Instead and- of painting it, they like, we game down the A all night. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, right. they would have been gamed on it. Ooh. <laughs> we took pads up there and played on it. And we ran away. My mom says I have bad ankles and I shouldn't climb hills or do any exercise at all. That A's way high. I'm surprised there isn't a petition to make the A uh, safer to climb to. Just take her down. Yeah, just, you know, up there. It's ridiculous. These kids it's a have, risk. I mean, the, the potential for injury is so high when you're doing all that work. And Maybe they should lower it. They should. They should you just know, put, you just, know what they should do? Hire a painting company, get up there and do it, paint it for the kids. They yeah. shouldn't They shouldn't have to do it. And plus, t- the paint fumes can get to their heads. And, oh. oh, these poor little angels. Well, I'm proud of them. Those little Tucsonians down there with their terrible education at U of A, talking all slow and never going to have a good job. Good on you, kids. You, you, know what you're, you know what's great about being a U of A student who paints the A? That's your future. You're probably going to do a lot of painting, like houses. and like you're, that's, that's what you go to a U of A for is to learn how to paint houses and, and sidewalks and tree trunks and things like that. You're a U of A grad. Oh, hey, Chico, you missed a spot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You're used to being pushed around by Mexican bosses. <laughs> What do I do next? You paint, stupid. Get up there. I thought I did. You're educated. Yeah, my boss says I'm real good. I've got a degree in painting tree trunks. Keep those bugs from eating the bark. Anyway, uh, and so uh, I'm proud of that one. I think that's good. Don't care about the game at all. It's good to see that tradition. Good come to back. see that one come back. You like to see that rivalry. Uh, and then I think there was like, the, you know, the, it'll end up because this generation doesn't know when to stop. There'll be some sort of weird murder. Like next time it's tried, like in order, they don't know how to just be like fun. They'll murder each other on the A, and then the A has to come down. We'll all lose the thing. But I do like that Four it. Four students back. stabbed on the A. Right, it'll turn into a stab fight or a hate crime of some sort. Or transgenders will get involved. They're always involved now. It's just it's a thing. Who knows? Uh, and then uh, you know that family that uh, off them that murder suicide over there. Yeah. So I get a call from my buddy Rich. Who says, uh, you remember picking me up over in that area? He, uh, he uh, rents a place for me. And I said, sure, I remember that. And he goes, remember we were looking for places and we were going to – and I'm like, yeah, I remember. And he goes, do you remember you picked me up over on that – and he says, I, I lived in that house for six months. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, they were remodeling it. They wanted me to stay there while they were out. And he said uh, he was going through a time, and so he kind of knew him. And he's like, my mom had to remind me that that was the house I actually lived in. Wow. Because he was, mm. he was, yeah, he's been through some stuff. And he's like, yeah, so I was going through this thing and needed a place to stay. Had this big breakup. Uh, and the lady that he knew kind of passively was like, look, you can stay at our house. It was that family. So he's like, On I'm looking. Gusta. He said, I didn't, wow. yeah, he didn't even realize it. And I'm like, I used to pick you up. I walked through that place. I don't know. Like it is that weird Costa Concordia thing of how close was I. Sitting there, my buddy, I was picking him up all the time. We were, I'd drive over there, I'd pick him up. We'd go look for. We'd looking at condos, looking at properties and things like that, and uh, didn't even think about it. And he's like, yeah, I was, I was sort of uh, second nature friends with them. And he goes, and, uh, he goes, and actually, you met them. They came to my house once uh, after his wife, his wife passed away. And he said, after my wife uh, had passed, they were there, and you were sitting at the table with them. And that was them? And I'm like, yeah, that was that family. That was <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, yeah, I'm like that degree of separation, it really kind of changes how you look at it. Like, oh, my God, I've been in that house. And. 
and I didn't even think about it. Never I couldn't pick it out. I, 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 when I was on 11th and State, yeah, I would walk Petey all oh, through yeah. that neighborhood. You go right over. You cross 7th Street, or you were on the other side, was, so you're right yeah. there with it. Yeah, yep. It's right there. But yeah, that's where my buddy Rich lived for about six months, and I was going in and out. And we were helping him plan the remodel without helping him plan it. Like I remember walking through going, oh, it would be great, knock this out, and put an island here and all that. It was just kind of an empty house. It was the strangest thing in the world. And I'm like, that's it, huh? And he goes, yep. And, and, you know, his wife passed away, and now this. And I'm like, geez, you're not allowed at my house because where you go, wives die. <laughs> it's a fact. I mean, this guy. There is a trend. This dude is like, if he walks through your house, he might as well have a sickle and a black cape. <laughs> For crying out loud, I can't have him around me anymore. Tell you one thing, I'm not going to live in the house he lives in, that's for sure. Next up. Yeah. If you want your wife to die, let me introduce you to my friend Rich. Jesus. <laughs> when he touches, turns to grave fast. Yeah, he, t- he texts me, you don't believe this. I'm like, and first off, who doesn't remember where they lived for six months? That's how many houses he's been in. I guess I lived in that place. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you didn't. You'd know. And he goes, no. And that was in a time where he lived in like 14 yeah. different houses. It's nuts. Anyway. So if you know uh, my friend Richard, not Toledo either. Toledo just bore your wife to tears. She, he won't kill her. Like this guy somehow or another casts a spell. I went over to a friend's house uh, Friday night. Who Rich lives killed just, his wife? No, he okay. lives about uh, two streets north of that. And in the morning, I go, did you have to, uh, you know, um, evacuate? You know, how... How big of an area did they say when the when they were smelling gas? It was a huge gas leak, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, what are you talking about? He didn't even know about it? No, and then I said, oh, man, it's brutal. Then about an hour later, he said, oh, wow. That's <laughs> right behind the streets us. Are I'll tell you, that's the kind of oblivion I look forward to someday in my life. The Not knowing if my neighbors are dead and just going about – that is beyond your happy wanderer and just ignorant to everything but your own needs. And that is a lifestyle I totally look forward to. I completely can't wait to, to look at people and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what's going on. We didn't have to leave. Like yesterday, I felt really good because uh, I didn't know about this. And these are the things I usually know about. Uh, was it the Carolina Panthers that have a transgender cheerleader? Didn't know. Oh, yeah. me neither. And I was like, good. That's one that slipped by me. And I'm happy I did because that would have been like a whole hour of me reading about that and looking into it. And I did look at the picture. Uh, he's bald like me, but has like a 22-inch waist and a sweet, sweet ass. I can't lie. Also a dingler dangler. And uh, hasn't put the cans in yet, as far as I could tell in the photo. Damn it. I think no it's coconuts? the Panthers. No coconuts yet, no. Uh, kind of a pretty bald man. That's basically what I saw. And I'm like, oh, there's one. But, of course, I was introduced to this by a man in his late 70s. He's like 79. He goes, you see this? Like, and he's like, not, not at all happy What's with it. What's going on? Yeah, that is, is. And I'm like, what are you doing learning about that? You don't have to know this stuff. Just goes, researching. Yeah, I'm like, what are, you, what, what are you putting in Google, Skip? He pulls up five more. Yeah, how about this one? one? How about this one? This is a bartender over there at the Rock Bar. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's the DJ Khaled of Find It. Another all. one. Skip yeah. just put the phone down. They're everywhere. They're, we're surrounded by dicks and dresses. Oh, but that's it. Oh, I'm very excited. So we're going to do a Brady Report early today, get that out of the way, and then right at 7 o'clock start uh, the, the whatever it is, like the 15th annual Trip Reeb uh, Palladio Contest. You coming in for this one? Oh, he'll come in. <laughs> $2,000 to the winner and studio time with Larry Elia at Mind's Eye. One of the finer producers you'll ever run into does a very good job 
uh, with the music. And he understands how to make it work, not only just in your car, but through the radio, which again, we've told you a billion times, there's a compression thing through this through the radio that goes through this big system and out into the air uh, and it compresses things. Good producers know how to make that compression up, mash your music up into a big ball. They know how to you know differentiate each sound to where the compression actually is helping it. you know that's what good producers do. Bad ones don't know that. Have their little cue button, listen to it all in one mix, and then shove it out there. And when the radio gets hold of it, it it destroys you. That's we'll even, have plenty of those. That's even with our voices, though, too. Our Absolutely. voices go through uh, compression and everything else. People say, well, yep. you don't sound exactly like you do on the radio. We're right. Like, it's know. compressed. Yeah. And that's half of what we do. All of us, aside from Brady, have wonderful speaking <laughs> voices. Beautiful, actually. Quite buttery. Except, not natural. Well, <laughs> not, yeah, like Brady's does not compress. Somehow or another, he's cut through. But that's why people on the radio always have big sounding voices and there are certain ones that turn that down a little you know you can play with a compression they've been spoken for 50 years some of them yeah. have been that's, like, true. that's what brenneman did on purpose to have a better voice yeah he did he yeah. felt pressured he didn't care to smoke he just knew it was good for the voice brady it also kept me from putting other things in my mouth like some sort of a f- whoops <laughs> did it again he was puffing on fags for years <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> i've been putting fags in my mouth since college what there's a deep drive by Castellanos. <laughs> I'm out of work. I love Tom. But that's a great one. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so you'll see. We'll hear it when compression gets hold of them. They're like, we'll know. Uh, but it's coming up. We're very excited. We've got a Brady Report coming up. Let's get a wake-up song first. Uh, uh, be the last good one you hear, probably. Yeah, so make it a good one. Make it a good one today. It's like your favorite song of all time kind of wake-up song. Uh, five Cleansing. Five. Oh, yeah. It's the last one, and then we get into the other stuff. Maybe we'll have the needle in the haystack this year and have the greatest band that's ever played. Who knows? Maybe of this Playdio, the next. We're going to find the next Beatles here? No. no I'm not going to go crazy. <laughs> Maybe the next Stabbing Westward pops out of us. How about that? I think we're going to get a lot of Jimmy Buffett's and 311s. We could have a Well, hey, look, they could, you should be so lucky to have that kind of career <laughs> somehow to suck that bad and still be millionaires. Uh, let's do it. 585-9800. That's the number. You give it to us good and strong. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! It's out of control now. 98 You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.